Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scene Partners. Scene Partners. That was Cody. And that was Chris. So, Cody, before we begin, why don't, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Well, hello, everyone. My name is Cody Walker, mm. and <laughs> that was the worst <laughs> thing you've ever done. Uh, my name is Cody Walker. I own and am the artistic director of Play on Theater Company in central Louisiana. Because there are theaters in central Louisiana. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's who I am. And uh, uh, I run that theater company with my wife, Lexi. And I'm actually in a little special circumstance where my wife runs a nonprofit theater company in her hometown, which is in Marksville, Louisiana, called the Fox Theater. And um, so we have a for-profit theater company. And we also run a nonprofit, so it is very confusing. So half the time, we don't really know who or what we're working for. <laughs> right. <laughs> and now we also have a podcast, right? so it's, it's also really cool. <laughs> and who are you? I am Chris. Um, I'm just a guy that um, works with both the Fox and Play on Theater. Uh, no, but seriously, um, I, I actually am a manager of an HVAC uh, warehouse. HVAC. HVAC, yep. Um, <laughs> I do that for the day job, but really I would like to say that my profession is uh, being on stage and, and acting and doing theater um, as I have a degree in both that and psychology. So I'm happy to always be on the stage and uh, kind of put both of those into practice. One degree is not enough degrees for Chris. mm well, it was enough to stop there. <laughs> it was enough to stop, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, what I think is really special uh, as far as you and I go in doing this podcast is we both approach it from um, from having a background in theater, but we both kind of started in the same place and yes. went very different directions <laughs> and then ended up in the exact, exact same, same place, place. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is really awesome. Um, you know, Chris and I, we, we actually had all the same friends for a very long time <laughs> and never once met each other, right. um, which is, I still think to this day, very interesting. Um, and then whenever I came back and moved back to Louisiana, um, once I was, done gallivanting across the United <laughs> States, you know, performing. Um, and uh, I met Chris and we started telling each other stories about our hometown and was like, wait, you, you know that you, person? Wait a minute. We're telling the same story. We're telling the same story <laughs> and neither of us knew who the other one was. It's yeah. just really amazing. So I think that's super cool. And, and then also just, you know, we clearly became friends at the right time. Right. Yeah. I, I'm sure that I was pretty annoying back then. So this was this worked out better for me. I definitely was annoying for sure. Yeah. Um, but before we um, really get into what this episode is, it's the, um, would you call it the, the prequel? It is the prequel. Episode zero? I don't we, know. It's episode zero. It's the prequel to our, we have a sequel which is episode one. <laughs> We're going reverse Star Wars, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it started off with us trying to test levels and try to figure everything out, and then it turned into, you'll hear about halfway through, we turn to face one another, and the volume kind of like adjusts a little bit. But uh, we didn't expect it to turn into something, and then we kind of listened to it and thought, well, maybe we could release this. Well, we're both very much jump in with you know both feet people. So we yes. just, or is it jump in head first? Do you, you jump in with both feet, 
And maybe you jump in with both feet. <laughs> and then you jump in. I leave in one foot the, on the ground right. behind me. And yes, I, that sounds very interesting, <laughs> and I'd love to see that someday. Um, but yeah, so we we also realized we never actually introduced ourselves because we didn't know that's what we were doing, yeah, which right. is why you just got to hear that lovely introduction. We also realized that we didn't think, we didn't think two very important people that helped us out very recently, which is our first person. Uh, who is it? Christian Godet. Yeah. Who you're about to hear um, his little intro that he wrote for us, which keeps me smiling. I love it so much. Who is an amazing musician who lives in our town and he just, he composes, he, he's just such a good composer and he yes. just, he, I, I wish that my brain worked like Christian's oh brain does. Oh, my God. He's yes. also just like the nicest human being in the entire planet. So just having his, you know, presence or energy involved in this project is enough for me to be yes. like, oh, hopefully this, this is going to set us off on the right foot. <laughs> right. So that's very exciting. And the intro that he wrote for us, I know I've listened to it at least like 20 times today, and every time it makes me laugh. <laughs> I know. I kind of want to do the little thing he does in it, but... Nope. Yeah. <laughs> um, and who's the other person that we want to thank? And we also want to thank our friend Josh Candeloro, mm. who is a photographer in our town. And he is another one of those people where when you listen to this episode, you will hear that we talk about how not everybody can leave who is super talented. And we are so lucky that we have people like Christian and Josh. And Josh is one of those people that is a yes person. Mm -hmm. And luckily we have a lot of those people in our lives. And I called Josh and I said, Hey, we're doing this weird, crazy thing. And this is our idea. And what do you think? And he said, yeah, I think I, I think I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it today. (laughs) Okay. So I called Chris and we went over there and he he took our photos for the logo and I think it looks awesome. Right. And he did such a good job and he whipped that thing up in like 10 minutes. And Dude, it was uh, so fast. I was like, there's no, no one should be this good at anything. That is very true. Yeah. So we, we, we're starting off with two other talented people that probably deserve their own podcasts. Yes. But at least we're talking about them now. Right. We'll, we'll definitely have them on at some point. Oh, yeah, for sure. But um, I hope that you enjoy the episode that's about to come out because it's uh, um, something that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> right. So it's a gift. Yes. That's some- <laughs> we're, okay. We're starting it off as a okay. present. It's a present. Well, um, we hope you guys enjoy. Yeah. stage, when you don't have money when you're on stage, when you do have money when you're on stage, which is a very short conversation. Yeah, I've never had money in being on stage. (laughs) I mean, I guess I've had, no, yeah, no, I haven't really. I mean, I've had money and I have been on stage, but I have not had enough money to be like, I have money and I'm on stage. And I'm on stage, yeah. I think maybe like one time in my whole life, I was like, wow, I'm on stage and I have money. But that, I mean, was obviously a very short-lived thing. And oh, I decided, yeah. like, how do I make this stop? <laughs> I'm in debt and on stage. I, yeah, that's what <laughs> I owe a lot of money and I'm on stage. So far, this is going really well. Yeah, this is, this. Is, these are the kinds of things if that we'll could, talk about. If you could describe your theatrical career in six words... <laughs> What what six words would you choose? Well, maybe it should. Like, no, no, you have I've, I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> you just could. 
would you please <laughs> rephrase freaking slow down? <laughs> That's like to yourself. I would say to myself, would you please? It is the note that I get all the time. Would you slow down for the love of God? It is interesting, like how how much speed. I mean, I think you think of when you're on stage, you're like, man, I'm going like I'm really feeling this moment. Well, you you have no when you're in it, you have no idea or concept of how fast you're going. Well, it is kind of an interesting topic of I'm really feeling this moment. I feel it personally, but people don't see it, so I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think with me, it's more that we couldn't understand what you were saying. Really love your energy, but man, we couldn't hear you. <laughs> I think what I, what my, I, yeah, I understand that. Like from a technical standpoint of like, I couldn't understand. Yeah, we, uh, we couldn't understand what you were saying, but I think my, I, I'm thinking more like emotionally, like on a emotional level. No, I, no idea. Yeah, I felt this, but other people couldn't understand that I felt it because they couldn't see it because I moved through the moment too fast. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Let's see. If I had to, re- to describe my career in um, as many words as I wanted, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think six words that is that was a little harder than i thought it was i didn't think you were gonna say six words so i wasn't prepared <laughs> but i got through it um i should have been a doctor <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. have been a way bit better that would have been way better for sure then you could have been on stage with money. Yeah, it would have at least been like one of those people, especially with, you know, the where I'm at now in my career. Been like, yeah, now now I'm like doing the exact same thing, but also people are paying me money during the day as opposed to dirt poor, but still really sexy. That I've heard <laughs> that about you, actually. <laughs> You do have to think, like, the people who listen to this, if anyone does listen to this whenever we actually do this thing, will people, like, what will you, what will they think we look like? Do we put our faces on, like, the podcast thing, or do we just have, like, the icon for, this is what this is? I think maybe it's just the icon. I would like to think that, like, when when people hear us, that they would say, man, those guys must be really intelligent, but super unattractive (laughs) it'd be a lot better to sound like in a podcast form you'd think it would be a lot better to sound smart than sound like oh I bet they're really pretty yeah yeah that's fair because you know you hear those people who are like really attractive speak when they're not on stage or in character and you're like Like, oh man you yeah (laughs) You need some Aaron Sorkin words. Somebody. Badly. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, there. I'm sure there are some pretty people out there that are also intelligent. Yes. We're just not those guys. Yeah, I don't really think that's us. <laughs> we definitely got one side of that spectrum. That's true. Of course, that is saying that we're very smart. It's really relative. I mean, I, I would say that I'm smart in at least one thing. Mm-hmm. What is that? I'm not. Uh, um, in in uh, <laughs> breakfast, I'm really smart in breakfast. Yeah, you do cook a mean omelet. I'm a, I'm good at the breakfast. 
Uh, cooking breakfast on stage, though. That's another thing we talk about, actually cooking on stage. Have you ever seen anyone for real cook on stage? You have to be so entrenched in your script, in your in your lines, oh, yeah. that it doesn't matter what you do, you've got the lines. I mean, it's crazy. And it's also such a... I've seen two shows before where somebody has cooked on stage, and it is such an interesting sensory experience from the audience perspective because you're you're like watching this show and you then start to smell what they're cooking mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like becomes incredibly intimate. It's like you're in the, the best place in the world to hang out and yeah. everybody's house is the kitchen. And so then all of a sudden you're invited into the kitchen on stage and just like, well, this is so cool. This is amazing. That's interesting. I've never, I guess I've, well, I've never had that on stage because it's usually just, you know, miming or you know, yeah. imbuing it with the, the thing. But it's more of, like, if you had that and it was, say you're watching, uh, like, uh, The Miracle Worker or something, and, you know, the mom's cooking or the dad's cooking or whatever, if they included that, it invites you into that home so that, you know, when, when you have those moments near the end or whatever, where it, like, really hits... That you know, she's learned to talk. She's learned to, that that this is home, and then I you all made of a sudden could not remember the end of the miracle work. Oh. I was like, I was like, what happens at the end? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> or if it were something more tragic, it it would it would that hit? Like if you saw this the show a second time and you smelled the food and it felt like home. Oh yeah. And that tragic thing that you know because is then down it's the more pipeline. personal to you. Yeah. Well, it's like engaging all of your senses then. Yeah. And not just. Not just sight and like your your like emotions and I've never sound. I've never just like thought of like inviting an audience into so much of that. Yeah, it was before. really cool. I mean, I remember it was at the Court Theater in Chicago, which was it's not a massive theater. It's more like a, a black box, I mm-hmm. guess. But they this it was in a proscenium style for this, and it was in it, this play called S- Skyline, and. Um, I guess maybe we should have just made an announcement that we're going to drink while we do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a thirsty dude. I didn't know. Except it sounded like you were, it's like, that That was pretty amazing. I could edit the sound effect like out. Maybe just like, just skim right over that. Yeah. Um, I could edit that sound effect out, but it's, <laughs> it's in it now, so now I feel like it has to be a thing. It just kind of sounded like you picked up a, a glass. Well, you also, you have, a gla- you have a glass glass and I have a plastic glass. Yes, but I'm being very gentle. And my ice cubes are small. Mm, I put a lot of ice in mine. Yeah, well, that's, well, that helps. We should have called it scene partners and bourbon. Mm. Like laundry, bourbon, and lace. We've been in like scene partners and lace with bourbon and laundry. Mm. Um, but you're talking so, about the theater, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's kind of like a a black box setting, but it, they, they put it in a proscenium style, and it was a, an apartment, and it's this play called Skyline, and the whole thing is just between two people. And they put every single thing in the apartment that it was, it was almost like naturalistic. They mm-hmm. had, they had, uh, the shower on stage and the, the male, uh, counterpart in there, he showered on stage like you one morning. And so you like, it was very intimate because you're just invited into these people's house basically. Yeah. And then she cooked the entire time. She was like cooking breakfast or she was cooking lunch or she was cooking dinner, which is interesting because really that's all we all yeah. are really doing or we're just waiting for that moment to cook so that we can eat. And that was cool. And then there was this other play uh, that I saw about Julia Child. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that was crazy. It also was really interesting um, 
this director I used to work with, Bill Brown, who's amazing. He he and his uh, his friend Doug wrote this show, and um, they, they were performing it in. Oh my God, I don't even remember the name of this theater, the Water Tower Theater, and um, they had so many interesting facts about Julia Child. I had no idea. So they wrote this play about Julia Child, and I'm pretty sure in there that she was either a spy or she was suspected of being a spy. I think she was a spy, though. Mm. For a fact, her husband was. Really? And... Did they think she was in on it, maybe because she was on screen a lot? Possible. I guess maybe my memory should be better, or I should have drank less when I went to go see the show. But the big thing about the <laughs> the point is that when they when they were doing it, she's in the cooking class. Uh huh. And also, I wish I could remember the name of this woman who played her in this show because she was oh my god, she was so good. I mean, you think like you have this horrible task of having to play Julia Child, who has this very iconic voice, and just everybody knows you know you've everybody's seen Julia Child. Yeah at least of a certain generation anyway, and now you have to play her on stage as a real, genuine character. Like, yeah. How do you do that? It's just, uh, seems very daunting. But anyway, so she's in the cooking class in France, and um, they made eggs on stage, and it was like this big thing of her learning how to make scrambled eggs for the first time with this chef who taught her to put cream in it. Or something. Yeah. And she was making the stuff on stage, and I guess you just don't expect to see it. And, um, like somebody's going to actually cook or use like a hot oven yeah. on the stage. And, um, and she did, she put those eggs on there and then everybody, like you saw people in the audience going like, what? Oh my God, she's making it. Yeah. I really want it. It was like, <laughs> at that point it was probably like 8.30 or 8.45 at night and everybody's wanting scrambled eggs. I'm pretty sure we went to a diner after that. Well, of course. Um. You guys hungry? Yeah. <laughs> I really want some scrambled eggs from Chicago. I've never wanted them more than I want them right mm-hmm. now. No, that sounded better when you did that. The, the lesser? Yeah. No, it took like, it took the line out of my headphones. Okay. Well, I keep, I keep, so as you're listening, if we decide to release this, uh, we are trying this out and I'm seeing that some of my levels are spiking a lot higher than Cody's. I think also because I keep looking at your microphone. Mm. We could do this where we face I'm one another. I'm not ideally placed. I didn't really think about this before I got all locked in. Well, we, we slowly turn to one another, so maybe if I get more this way. Here we go. Here we go. So for now all the audio listeners, who are our only listeners. settling in. <laughs> it's just going to be us. We're going to be those people that make a podcast so that we have something to listen to while we're going into work. That's true. It's like, man, you've got a long drive into, into work every day. What do you do? Like, oh, well, I, I record a podcast <laughs> with my buddy, and then I <laughs> I hear it all back again. That's true. Let's well, I really didn't think we were going to be talking about food on stage, but I do think that is a very interesting topic for some time. Yes. But in your ears, while we're on the... It's, this sounds 800% okay. better. Cool. Might have to adjust those and learn how to play with those. Yeah, uh, for sure. But anyway... But yeah, I, I've never thought of having smell or, or something like that. I know that, because we had kind of floated the idea. It's like the waiting for Guffman thing where they pipe the, he burned the newspaper <laughs> in the <laughs> ventilation. Because <laughs> we were floating the idea of when we were uh, originally going to do um, To Kill a Mockingbird about trying to make it feel hot. So oh, that, yeah. You know, using the lights and things like that to, to mm-hmm. make people well, feel you know, like, the thing and have it like this extra sensory 
they oh, yeah. experience. Well, and in, in that, you know, she says, oh my goodness, I said she says, I should, I should know this woman's name. Who is, oh my God, the neighbor who's the teacher? Oh, Miss Maud. No. Mm, Maudie? Maudie. Yeah. Miss Maudie. Um, Miss Maudie has that line. She's like, oh, smell, you smelled my mimosa trees. Mm-hmm. Mimosa trees sure smell sweet or something like that. Like, smell those mimosa trees. I can't, like, I know what that smells like in my yeah. brain. But I can't actually, like, I don't actually know what that smells like. Like, I think I do. Mm-hmm. I have a mimosa tree in my backyard. I think I know what that smells like. But I don't, I don't. So I wonder if some of that is written into... It seems like a core memory. Yeah. If, it, if it's written in there to, to have the audience sort of think, oh, this is the South and this oh, is yeah. the 1950s and you're drawing them in with the words. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is interesting when you think about the senses that you experience when you watch a show that it is a very sensory thing because it's happening right in front of you. But one of the things that always gets left out is the sense of smell. Mm-hmm. And that's such a huge thing. Yeah. Such a huge thing. Because we, we all know going into an empty theater. It's always going to smell musty. It's got that musty. <laughs> and, and I mean, I love it. Yeah, to us, it's this home. I had this whole smell. conversation with Jamie yesterday when I was um, interviewing her for the, the capital fundraising campaign. And she, um, I said, you know, if there was one thing, you couldn't come to the theater for a long time. Um, to the Fox Theater for a long time, what would you miss the most and when you finally walked in that you would notice first? Like, mm. what's what's the thing? And she said, well, the smell. I would probably miss the smell and that would be the first thing. It's like, that's so weird. This is like a hundred-year-old asbestos-ridden building. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because uh, a buddy of mine, we used to always go to um, Chuck E. Cheese as a kid for his birthday parties. And for his bachelor party, we blindfolded this man, drove him all over the state of Pennsylvania and drove into a Chuck E. Cheese, and when we went through the threshold of the door, he knew immediately I mean, where I we will, were. I, I do think that we need to say that you didn't drive into the Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, okay. We walked into the Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> we parked, we got out, we walked into the Chuck E. Cheese. But we went into the Chuck E. Cheese, and he immediately knew. So it's interesting that she says that, because mm-hmm. it, it's it's weird how memories are tied so strongly to those things. Well, it's like when uh, when Ty and Kaylin had come down to visit, mm-hmm. and they hadn't been in the theater for so long because of the pandemic you know and they've never been in the fox theater and when they were here i took them to go see it and Mm -hmm. the first thing that they both said without talking about it before they walked through the door and they were like oh the smell Mm. (laughs) yeah across the world you know now the everybody this is the the coronavirus has brought everybody together we all are having this shared experience yes of course i shouldn't say the coronavirus brought people together it's separated a lot of people (laughs) on many different fronts yes (laughs) ideologically Scientifically, logically. Um, but yeah, so we're all experiencing this together and every theater person is experiencing the mist, the, the, the longing for a theater. Oh, mist. yes. Well, that's why <laughs> we're doing the podcast, obviously, to that have some true. sort of creative outlet. But it'd be cool. It would be cool to be some of those professional actors who have been doing it nonstop. And mm-hmm. this is like the biggest break they've ever had. And then they walk in that first day of months of having the theaters closed and being like, well, you know, that's uh, the first thing that you're going to do. It's just like going to your childhood home. Yeah. I mean, my parents don't have my childhood home anymore, but I feel like I can't think about what that smells like. Mm -hmm. I can't place it. But the minute that I walked in there, I would recognize it. Yeah. It's 
kind of like that mimosa tree. It's like, yeah. I can't think of what that smells like. I know I know what it smells like. But it's interesting, like it would be interesting to me to try to figure out how to have that play a little bit more of a role in shows, especially mm. whenever you put it in a smaller space, like a black box. Oh, yeah. And then you can, you know, actually pipe some smell in there would be so you're like you're like making an already intimate space i mean i guess when we did christmas carol though earlier in the year Mm -hmm. we had the for our house cocktail we wanted to do that mulled wine yes because we wanted the smell of christmas and it like filtered in and we just didn't really think about the fact that we had a cast member that was allergic to the smell of cinnamon and that was a very scary thing did you know that i did not know that That is brand (laughs) new information to me Yeah, so one of our cast members, late in life, developed an allergy to the smell of cinnamon. Smell, taste, everything. Yeah. But if she, it's so intense that even if she smells it, her throat will start to close oh, up. Oh, no, that's and like the whole Christmas was, smell. Yeah, and uh, she works at a school during the day. Mm-hmm. And, so it's, and that's how she found out because all the kids had a cinnamon project oh. and they like made these cinnamon, it was like glue on a design and Christmas time they poured yeah. cinnamon on it so it smelled like cinnamon. And they all went in there to show her, and she, like, you know, she died. No, she <laughs> died. <laughs> After the show, she died. She she ended up having to go to the hospital and was like, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. Like her, she broke out in hives. Her throat started swelling up. But, um, yeah, I um, knew this previously, that she had a cinnamon allergy. This is a and new thing. For, yes, and I forgot because it just seemed... I don't know. It just wasn't on my mind. And I didn't even think the fact that mulled wine had cinnamon in it. And so the opening night of that show, she walked out and she like, and she put her, like her, uh, what do you call that? Cloak. Yeah. Caroling cloak over her, (laughs) over her nose. And she was like, oh my God. Said, I don't know if this oh, is going to work. that's right, because we dumped so many cinnamon sticks into the mold wine. Yeah, you put cinnamon sticks we in the wine. We were just like, there's mm-hmm. not enough cinnamon in here. And it smelled, and it smelled amazing. It just didn't smell amazing to her throat that was closing up. And she's <laughs> she only, like, her only job deadly. for the show was to carol, so she had to sing the whole time. <laughs> it was, yeah. But she survived. She, I should say she did survive. And it really wasn't that bad. But she did take a bit of drill and said no more cinnamon, so we didn't do that anymore. So I don't know if, if that changes the title of the mold wine, but it no longer had cinnamon it's in it. It's just wine. Mm-hmm. Warm wine, really. So I guess maybe I should take that as a lesson. Maybe other people have done this in theater, and they're like, no, 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 no. You're going to put scents in there, and people are going to go into anaphylactic shock. You yeah, just don't know. That's fair. Well, you've, I'm sure you've been to like those little 4G theater things because you you went to school in Oklahoma and they have all those like all the touristy things to go to the Chisholm Trail and things like that and they have the the what the Chisholm Trail. What? <laughs> I think you keep saying that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. How do you not know the Chisholm Trail? That's where they take all the buffalo and things like that, man. They would take the big buffalo cattle and they'd run them oh, across the I state. And. Am- Thinking of a different word. <laughs> you gotta stop. No, the uh, the the Chisholm Trail is, but they yes, they, they I've have heard those, of the Chisholm Trail. Yeah, they I've seen the signs. They have it. the thing. You go into the theater and they like shoot the water, and then they'll have like mm-hmm. the smell of grass, and then you know some kind of manure things like that. So it feels like you're on the trail as you're watching this thing, right? 
Yeah, I think they do that at Disney World too, with like in the Bugs Life. I guess. Tree. Yeah, I could have used Disney World as a more. It's a little known. bit more known. Yeah, for for our broad audience outside of the fifty mile radius of our house. If you've ever been to Oklahoma, they have some really cool Chisholm Trail for <laughs> well, you. Brought it back to me. I mean, you know, not you obviously knew that I and am and have been poor my whole life so maybe you didn't want to throw disney world in my face i didn't and then i thought well surely you know being poor in oklahoma you'd have gone to these very free things no no never did that oh never did that i didn't have time conservatory program there's no time there's no time for That's other fair. things and if there was time we were not going on a tour <laughs> <laughs> it was like a tour what you did, but it we, wasn't. Yeah, it was kind of like a tour. Um, we would that was just we went on a tour to our college party house, which was called the Foxy Manor. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I can't really tell. Something I anyway. Um, yeah. So why why are we doing a podcast, Chris? Well, I think. Especially right now, because we have no creative outlet to be on the stage. We are bored. Uh, that That is a big part of this, 100%. We are bored, and I possibly never have a job ever again in my life. So that's... Maybe this, this is, is your job. Maybe my only... Could, could possibly be my only job. But also... What does that mean when the only thing that you are suited to do is to sit in a room at your house and talking to a microphone. Like, that's the only thing that you can do. I I think that's called podcasting. <laughs> I guess you just, I whenever I was born, I didn't think, I was born to podcast. No. I mean, there was no There, there was no podcast yeah, then, no so podcast. there was no way you could have been like, I want to be in the 21st I mean, I, century with the pseudo news. <laughs> Maybe outlet. I've been watching too much of the Flash. That's what that's what it is. I'm like time means nothing. Can anymore. well, can you watch too much of the Flash? Is a question. A hundred percent, you can because it is <laughs> a trash wreck of a show. <laughs> but it's so good. I love it. <laughs> it is. We're on opposite ends of the spectrum for this because I love the Flash. I am. Let's see. There's 24 episodes in a season. I've watched. Almost three seasons. You did not watch three seasons because we talked about the season one finale and you were in total. There's just so much that happens and you t- you got to have something that you turn on when you don't want to pay attention. That's hurtful. But okay. <laughs> well, you definitely don't watch the show for the acting. I mean, if ever there was a, a channel on the on TV that was all about like what you can do with squinting your eyebrows. It's the CW. So I hear what you're saying, but I'll also pose to you that Tom Cavanaugh is amazing. I never once said that these people are not more successful than me. Okay, I digress <laughs> uh, and retract that last statement because that's a fair statement. Yeah, they're obviously doing something right. To be, you know, the thing I have... Or at least we're at the right place. That's, that's, that's really... And I watch a lot of CW shows. I do because it's who I am as a person. I watch a lot of TV and I will never announce that I think this is a show you should watch. But the the thing is, they talk about representation all the time. And sure, they have a diverse cast, but there is not one ugly person on that station. There never is. And if they are, <laughs> they're the villain. Even still... I don't know. No, I def- no, I'm not saying that I look better than any of the villains that they've ever had. They don't look better than the cast. 
Yeah, but they do not look better than the core cast. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I guess the dude, uh, Barry Allen dude. Tom What's Are you talking about Grant Gustin? Mm. <laughs> Grant Gustin. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't guess he's your stereotypical hero-looking hero dude. I mean, no. he's like tall and spindly. You know, he's someone that I could aspire to because he's very thin. And, like, I could do that. But also, he has to have that runner's physique. He can't be, like, The Rock. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Or Chris Evans as Captain America. Like, you have to look thin to run. But none of the other speedsters look like that. Sure they do. (laughs) They're all thin. (laughs) That was my Cardi B moment. (laughs) (laughs) There's There's not one person who's a speedster on that show that is, like, I'm more wide-shouldered than I am tall. Mm. Who? Harrison Wells' dude was a big dude. No, he's not. Yeah, he was a, like, in comparison. Also, there's what? that whole, Tom like, Cavanaugh is like lightning god build. thing that's built out of metal or some garbage. And then there's okay, that other dude Okay, you're not even caught up. And when you, when you see who that you is... You don't even know. I do know, because I'm in <laughs> season seven. Anyway, right, we, well, we, CW, we, we, we will take your sponsorship yeah, anytime, we, and mm-hmm. I will actually talk I will. about this show. <laughs> I love your show. I will talk about this show. I mean, I obviously like it, or I wouldn't watch it, but it is still trash TV. Just just like 100 is a great story, but it is trash TV. It's just, it, it is. It is what Hold it is. Hold on. It is what it is. There's not a single time that you have mentioned any of these shows where you didn't mention someone and how pretty they were. You've got me there. I do. You got me there. That is a checkmate situation. That is, mm-hmm, 100%. So, in this podcast, do we just cover theater? I think maybe we... So we, far, we've had a cooking show. We've had a yeah. pop culture show. I think we always can tie it back to theater. I don't think it necessarily can't divulge and take those side roads along the way. Mm-hmm. Like any good conversation, you're interested in where it goes and the ebb and flow of it, really. Yeah. And, uh, you, well, much like you had said about the, the, the CW, sh- I'm going to be honest, I don't know where I'm going. I was like, going <laughs> down with that You just wanted to keep sentence. talking because you felt like you had to. It's going to fill the space. And I, I felt saw like you, you look over moment. there and stare like, at Laurence Olivier's face I over there. I have no idea where this is going. <laughs> I feel like Michael Scott, you know, sometimes I start a sentence mm-hmm. and I don't know where it's going to end, mm-hmm. but I keep. But just you just keep going. Anyway, yeah. um, well, I think one interesting thing that I'm really excited about, I guess maybe that's what I should say. One thing that I'm really excited about this particular platform, um, you know, like we have the Play on Theater website and mm-hmm. the blog post. And one thing that, you know, like you and I both, we listen to a lot of podcasts. I love oh, podcasts. Yeah. I'd probably listen to that more than music at this point. I and, do. And so... Um, it is interesting to to then explore what it's like to create in that. Oh yeah, that's venue true. And, yeah, and creatively, but then also, um, it gives like another voice to an area that you know. When I was looking up stuff, I really didn't find many podcasts about what we do. Oh, that's yeah, because most of the podcasts that I found are are all Broadway based. Yeah, it's all Broadway based, all musical based, mm-hmm. and then it's um, which I mean, I guess it makes sense. That's where you're going to probably get the most followers. I mean, honestly, you're, for sure, you're looking for that. When people think about um, success and theater, you're going to think Broadway. You're not going to think about regional theaters no. or small towns or anything like that. You're not going to. 
It, I think it, most people, when they think of theater, period, they are just musicals. Think musicals. Even even in our community, with the uh, with the chill, like I work with kids a lot and yeah. with the uh, with children. There, that's what they think. They don't understand quite that a play doesn't always have to have music. Yeah. Because a lot of kids' shows now, they all do those junior MTI shows, which are great because they're easy. But well, it gets them on the stage, gets them some sort of exposure to mm-hmm. what it's like to have a group of 100 or so people face you. But one thing that does make me a little sad about the kids only thinking that there are musicals is that you have children that don't sing. I mean, not everybody sings. Yeah. No matter what anybody says. I mean, oh, not yeah. everybody sings or wants to sing in front of other people. But you might be somebody who wants to act, but you don't think that it's an option. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I've got some kids that work with us that do not like to sing, and they don't want to be in a musical, but it is what is done the most. I agree with that. I'm but not real comfortable like, singing either. Theater so. is, I mean, not. I'm not like, that's not what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but theater is, it's, it's interesting because musicals are the top selling thing probably like mm-hmm. it's, it's on, on stage. I mean, even in Broadway, you, yeah. you don't hear of straight plays as much. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I know like a couple of years ago when indecent was on Broadway, straight show, mm-hmm. straight play. And, um, I mean, it had musical elements in it as, as far as they played music and they had a, like, you know, some, transitions and dancing and stuff but there was the music did not further the plot in any sort of way yeah um and that show was loved by everybody in the theater community i mean it was one of my favorite theatrical experiences Mm -hmm. i've ever had bar none and it was up for a tony and it didn't win and so immediately it was going to close and it hadn't been open for maybe like two months or something oh wow and the like theater world just rallied behind the show really hard and basically said, no, we need this show. We, it needs to stay up. And it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a great show. It's actually on PBS on um, the Masterpiece Theater. Is it Masterpiece Theater or what, what are they? Oh, Great Performances. It's on Great Performances. So if you do have that, you should watch that. I think I've tried. I know, like, I got Lexi to watch it. Yeah. And it was, it still felt just as raw and true as it did when I was sitting in the, in the seats. Oh, that's awesome. And, Oh man, I just But I I also wonder if a little bit of that popularity is the ability to sell the soundtracks. Yeah, you sell the I mean, obviously from it, a marketing standpoint yeah. and from a financial standpoint. But what's interesting is that's not the the fact for TV or film. That's true. I mean, we started kind of in the last maybe 5 or 6 years creating more musicals on film. Mhm. And then you'll have like a weird TV show yeah. that does it every once in a while. It's a joke. But when people think theater, they think musicals. But when you think a movie, you don't think of people singing. Yeah, that's true. It's just very interesting. It is a harder sell. Like with Les Mis, I think the, the performers sold that a lot better. But it, it is a harder sell when people, the general public, know that it's completely film? singing in, in film yeah. versus when it's on stage well, and I you're think just that in the moment to was moment. Why they cast the people that they cast. Yeah, that's true. I mean, for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, but if La La Land was it, Russell Crowe, I mean, come on. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> but if La La Land was a completely only singing film, would it have been as successful as you know, say Les Mis? Are are those two actors as sellable in a singing only 
performance I versus I didn't watch La La Land. Well, I haven't either, but I just know that. <laughs> well, I'm just comparing the two, two dudes because it won in a room. Yeah, talk well, about a movie that they haven't seen, <laughs> but it still won Oscars and stuff like that. So you know yeah. that. I well, just, it didn't win the Oscar. They didn't win the five Oscar, seconds. but it, it, it for did. five seconds it won the Oscar. That's fair. Yes. <laughs> However, it still won Oscars, but yeah. the, the the I guess the point I'm trying to make is are the but without the Ryan musicals Gosling more and... sellable because of that marketability and the song mm-hmm. recognition and singing along with it. Well, it's like right now they're aren't they casting the Wicked movie? Yeah, that's got to be a first. Or Broadway must feel so weird right now. It's like man. It started off as a musical, mm-hmm. right? And now it's a movie. That's so weird. But I also feel weird about the permanence of the film. Like Into the Woods, yeah. the film is nowhere near as good as seeing a live stage performance. But the recording of Into the Woods, if you're a true theater person, with Bernadette Peters, with oh, the one yeah. that you were like probably watching a lot when you were younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched that show so many times. But I remember, like, you know, my niece stayed with us over the summer to do the summer workshop theater workshop and um she loves musicals she loves to sing turned on into the woods burned at peters for her to watch it because i was like man she's gonna love this five seconds in she's bored what yeah that was a musical that actually made me like musicals this is an amazing i i could and i know what it is that is a long musical yeah by the time you get to act two you're like all right (laughs) act one is like well we could be done yeah we really need it i mean it felt kind of like we said goodbye already yeah um but still, yeah, she was she was not about it. I mean, she's eleven, but she's not. <laughs> okay, there has to. We live in a different culture than maybe like it you and true. I. It's, it's way it's, too It's not long. as flashy, and or, it's way too long for her to sit there. Yeah, you know, she's got to have her phone out. That's true. That she for some reason has. Um, okay, so I put it, it did when you got because she watched Hamilton with you guys, correct? Yeah, we tried to watch Hamilton. Uh, at her little sleepover. She had like a little sleepover with some friends on her birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just like three of them over here. And she really wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. Two of her friends didn't. One of them did. And uh, sh- they all left the room like maybe 30 minutes in. Mm-hmm. And one of the friends stayed. And then later she came up to me. This was a very strange moment. She came up and she was like, man, I really want to watch Hamilton. It was like, we watched it last night. <laughs> She's like, oh, but I mean, like, I I really wanted to see it, though. It's like, you could have watched it last night. What are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> so that's why you don't, like, you don't have to always just go with the popular person. Yeah. It's just interesting. It's like, oh, well, they don't, they're not interested in this right now. And I get it. Like, they were mm-hmm. asleep over there and may not want to watch a well, movie. When but. she finally sat down to watch it, or even when she was watching with her friends, was her phone out the entire time, or was she, like, really engaged? She with was it? watching it, yeah. yeah. Her friends were not. Other, other two of the other girls weren't but then one of her friends did stay in there and watch it and it was amazing because she had so many questions yeah. this is so cool my favorite moment was whenever uh, her friend's jaw dropped to the floor and she looked at Lexi and I and she said he cheated on her <laughs> <laughs> and I was also nervous because I hadn't actually seen oh yeah and so I've got you know like we're in the room with this kid and I've got Lexi said pick up the remote and I was like holding the remote like ready to skip I was like oh my god I don't want to get a phone call from a parent right <laughs> later well well that's that was a really amazing turning point in in that show in that 
it wasn't that they were painting him as a good guy, but up to that point, he had done really oh, yeah, no he wrong. Was doing like notable things, and then all of a sudden, his humanity came out, and he, yep, it was that was that was rough. Yeah, even though I I hear like a lot of people talking about how that goes into their like sexy tracks, that song. That's a choice. I it it is a I very mean, sultry piece. I don't. It's not like I have a sexy playlist. I'm giving him a look. <laughs> but I've, I've, I don't know. I've seen, you know, since Hamilton came out on Disney Plus, everybody remembered that it exists again, or I guess new people saw yeah. it. So that it's all over everything now. Mm-hmm. And that I saw they were talking about that. And they're like, man, this, this is like. So in which, this that pandemic, song was I never wonder... my favorite until I saw it. And I was yeah. like, man, this is, this is really good. Yeah, I was very skeptical because I do not like when things are really popular like that. Mm-hmm. And I resisted, and I wanted to hate it when I watched it. And about five minutes in, I went, I'm all about it. (laughs) I remember listening to it in my apartment forever ago, whenever it first came out, because everybody in the theater community was talking about it, raving Mm -hmm. about it and stuff. Um, And my friend Spencer had seen it in previews, and he was like, you got to get the soundtrack when it comes out. It's so awesome. And uh, uh, the guy I was working for at the time, David, he gave me the CD. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it seems... This so archaic. seems like I'm dating myself. Sometimes I was like, oh, 25 What's a compact years disc? Ago, I got a double disc set <laughs> of the Hamilton <laughs> Folded out, had a booklet. I was told, you need to, you need, and some of the lyrics are in there. I was like, you need to listen to this. <laughs> Pre-Spotify. It didn't come with a poster, though, so it wasn't that long ago. But, um, but yeah, pre well, no, I think there was Spotify. There. I think, yeah, it's 2016. It should have been Spotify. But so I got the CD and I listened to the first track and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then immediately when they said, what's your name, man? And he went, oh, <laughs> I was like, no, I'm out. Yeah. Who is this guy? I just didn't. Little not, did you know that it was the author of the. I did not like Lin-Manuel Miranda at all. I was like, mm-hmm. man, I don't like this guy at all. This is bugging me like open your mouth is what I kept thinking I was like he's slurring through all his words like yeah. why isn't he I can't understand anything he's saying um, and then I I remember I skipped through it and I listened I, f- I found the like uh, the Skylar Sisters music yeah. in there and I listened like all of the female driven songs I was mm-hmm. like man these are amazing like Guns and Ships but I just remember I would always skip that very beginning because I hated the way that he said Alexander <laughs> Drove me crazy. It is a lot lighter than the other things that are happening, and it's like this. It's also there's so many consonants in that word. Yeah. <laughs> Alec Xander Hamilton. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton. What? <laughs> it's like he's doing some kind of voice and dialect exercise. Can I just use the vowels? Careful. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, oh, the other thing I'm excited about podcast that to talk about. I feel like a lot of people don't talk about. You know, just, we were talking about Broadway. A mm-hmm. lot of people don't talk about the people that are. I feel like it's like the the front lines. Yeah. Of of theater and the people that you know you think immediately when you think about success you, in theater you think Broadway like we were saying but it has to start somewhere. And oh so, yeah. Like they're you talk to any of the people that have actually made it that far and they are on, they do have a career of some sort. Um, 
you you ask them like where it began. It began in a, in some place near where they oh, lived yeah. that had somebody who was very passionate about teaching them. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 like well, so in my mind, what that translates to is that not everybody can leave. Yeah, and I remember like being in um, being in in Chicago and performing and doing all that and um, kind of having that realization of you know if if I'm here performing for people who already think and feel, I mean, we've talked about this before, but think and feel the way that I already think and feel, then I'm absolutely doing nothing. Yeah. Like it's all meaningless in a way. Yeah. And so like, even though it feels good for me to have the success and I can have this feeling of like, yeah, I made it out of, you know, my hometown and I'm performing and Mm -hmm. doing my thing. And, but so, not everybody gets to go to Chicago to see these great pieces. No, or, nobody. And of course, there are places outside of Chicago. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I was that, just using you as an example. Yeah, in that. But um, and then it kind of dawned on me. I think that I, I've been thinking about this lately. It kind of dawned on me that in one of the reasons why I was staying there is because I didn't want to come home and for people to be like, "Oh, he didn't." He obviously wasn't successful. He didn't yeah. make it. He's like this this poor guy. I feel so bad for him. Mm-hmm. And I heard like uh, I have a lot of friends right now in New York that are leaving New York, mm-hmm. especially because of the pandemic. But they're I'm seeing it constantly on social media. Like yeah. they're posting, you know, <laughs> kind of like we had a great run, but yeah. now I'm heading home. Um, because I think that not only is, was this a very horrific event, but I think it put things into perspective for a lot of people mm-hmm. who were kind of spinning their wheels and felt a little ashamed of, of like, I don't want to be the person that goes home. Cause I remember being yeah. young and seeing people who had left and then came back, didn't make it in New York or didn't make it in any other city or whatever. And mm-hmm. they did the, the thing and then they came back home and you're like, Oh, failure. Yeah. Right. And it's weird to have that connotation because it, it, the first time that we were on stage, you and I together, because I've never left. And and then, you know, you went and worked professionally. There was no doubt in my mind that, that, that you, that you came home because you being on stage with you in that first scene, that first section of, uh, I forget what, uh, Mary Poppins, I think is the Mm -hmm. show that we were doing. There was like, well, I'm this serviceable, yeah, I'm this serviceable piece. And then look at, looking at you, it was like, holy crap, this dude is way above anything else that I've been on stage with before. So it was, and I'm just saying that from my perspective, especially at the time. And there, there, in my, there was never a thought in my mind that thought, oh, failure. It was like, well, this dude obviously wants to be here. There's a love here that he wasn't receiving somewhere else. Well, that's, I mean, I, that is interesting. I don't know if everybody feels that way. No, that's know, true. But, yeah. But, um, because you you have a very grounded perspective again from of my perspective, but um, but yeah, I mean, I I know even just taking that job, even though it wasn't for an extended period of time, I wasn't moving back. It was yeah. just for four weeks, three or four weeks, or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and then I went back to Chicago. Um, uh, went back to Chicago and had no job. That was very interesting. <laughs> Driving that's like a whole other podcast story, but pulling into Chicago, seeing the skyline, like on a, whatever that is ninety four or whatever, and getting an email from. Uh, the people I worked for saying band broke up very bad. Sell everything. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> it's like there goes the day job. Oh man! But uh, but yeah, it is it is interesting of seeing uh, one one of the people I actually went to school with. She posted 
she was moving back to Kansas City and she said, I'm going back to Kansas City and, uh, and I don't, I'm not, at the time, I, I've been resisting this for a long time because I thought it was going to be a failure. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, it's so crazy because that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Because we're constantly told you have to, it, it, it's just like people who want to be film actors, they go to LA. I mean, the odds are of actually getting something that's oh, yeah. worth anything or that is going to be fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So I also have friends in LA that are, that I went to school with in Oklahoma that are now all flying, like just leaving, fleeing LA and going to Oklahoma and back to like Dallas and stuff. Yeah. And, um, and I'm super proud of those people. I think yeah. it's awesome. I mean, to be in a situation and to be working towards something for so long, and to have invested as much money as, you know, people like you and I invested money into this particular yeah. thing and are still paying for it in ways. And then, and then to, um, to be like, you know what, this isn't, I'm not happy right now. Yeah. Like I, this is not working for me. I've, I can do this somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge to be able to do that. And not a lot of people, I, cause you know, pride for a long time, I think held me away from, for, yeah. for longer because I didn't want to be like, well, when I go back, I mean, I feel really, there are things that I would have really loved to been able to do in my career that I'd never actually succeeded in. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm also super proud of the things that I did succeed in yeah. as far as what I did get to do. And I'm so thankful for it because I do think it gave me a new perspective, mm-hmm. but, um, none of it in comparison to what I get to do here in a smaller community. Yeah. I, I'm not as proud of it. Yeah. It's interesting, like doing something with with kids in our community or even with adults, like whenever I first came back and we did Annie mm-hmm. and um at the at the Fox and we had all these adults who had never done a show before and yeah. they were being introduced into this musical that I honestly didn't want to direct because I thought it was super right. annoying. But then we made the show into something that I thought was really cool and special. And we, and, and I fell in love with the show because mm-hmm. of that and the people and what they were willing to give to it, even though this wasn't what they dedicated their lives to, but they yeah. were willing to give so much just to that experience and seeing how it changed them and stuff. It was like, this is so much better. Oh yeah. But than anything that I was doing because before it was just for me. Yeah. It's interesting to see too in, in the, the people that we've worked with, especially kids who are, you know, we didn't, we didn't grow up having an outlet for theater in mm-hmm. this area, period. And now there's so many different avenues, which is awesome and great. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, it's, and it's interesting to see someone, uh, well, like uh, Lila, who was cast as uh, uh, Scout mm-hmm. Finch, um, seeing her just be all in it. Oh, yeah. And, and seeing her just love it and light up and... Watching her audition sell. was, was yeah. like being, I mean, it, it was really, it, it was like a, another one of those core memories that took me back to professional audition days, like seeing yeah. those people being like, oh my man, she, she, I would, she could have, that audition would have held up anywhere, mm-hmm. anywhere. She did so good. I was so proud of that. Seeing where she had come from before. Yeah. Especially. And that's something else too, in that directing you get to see the growth of these people from where they started, mm-hmm. even in a single show where they start at the beginning, that first rehearsal, that table read up to the closing of the show. And it's like, man, that is one interesting amazing. thing. Whenever I came back here that I thought was very strange was that there was an absence of table reads. Yeah. 
It's like, how do you start? What do you mean? You don't have a table read? Yeah. When does it begin? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So everybody just jumps in, and it actually started to make a little bit more sense why there were certain characters on stage that didn't know the paths of other characters. Yeah. Like, oh, you don't actually know. Because people rarely independently sit down with the script. (laughs) Because you didn't just decide, oh, hey, when I get home, I'm going to read through this whole script today. Right. Well. I think that's it. I think we've, we've... Definitely hit on what we hope to do, what we hope to accomplish, and even if we're doing it out of boredom. But I, I, what I really want to do, especially as we're trying to wrap up here, is give a voice to a side of theater that not many people talk about, and that is theater within a community, theater that builds these these little families for you know eight weeks at a time, and then they're forever friends to me anyway. Um, and and there's not a lot of that talked about, period unless you're within that core group and in a community. And hopefully we can give a voice to those people. Oh, yeah. And the importance of it. And, um, you know, especially for, for people who are working, um, I guess, your normal 9 to 5 job and, you know, aren't necessarily your 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 go-to theater artist yeah. that get to experience it and how important it is for them to mm-hmm. have that outlet. I think that's that's pretty awesome. And that sense of community, because you get so caught up in yeah. your job that you don't think about, oh, you know, what about me and my right. emotions, my feelings, and my needs for interaction. And, you know, you just make friends at work. Yeah, basically. So, yeah, I think that was, I can't believe, I now understand why it's so easy for people to go over an hour. Yeah. So, Especially uh, if you just pick a topic. I mean, yeah. we went through about 87 topics. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and so this is kind of uh, the, 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 the intro for us. That's right, basically. <laughs> uh, bobbing and weaving as we relate our lives and things we talk about With back to theater. absolutely no script. No script, which is Except very... for the words intro, Chris, dash, 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 Cody on the, on the yeah. whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> you, should have, you should have seen our first draft. It was Seen-ed much different. Partners. Turn off the metronome. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway this is scene partners and i don't know what a sign-off would be i guess so. it is that is chris and that is cody and this was scene partners scene. i was trying to prevent you from getting weird 